Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. You are listening to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all thankfully without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Tim Reed Jr. Artists reveal their influences in myriad ways. Ask any performer or writer about their music, and they'll invariably point you toward who got them excited about making their own music in the first place. When Eric Clapton was receiving deifying graffiti accolades around London in the 1960s, he was unabashed about paying tribute to the blues masters from whom he copped his licks. Garage bands are no different, and Three Chords in the Truth is pretty familiar territory for amped-up teenagers looking for a channel for their existential angst. But when your influences are of the jazzy variety, simply aping them is a far more complicated proposition, and such is the case with Tim Reed Jr. A quick spin of his new sophomore album, Not Much Else to Do, will smack you upside the head with Reed's unfailing devotion to the unquestioned progenitors of 1970s jazz, funk, geek rock, Donald Fagan and Steely Dan. But this is no easy feat. Dipping your toes into these hollowed and pitch-perfect waters means that you had damn well better have your chops in order in writing, arranging, recording, and performing this complicated and catchy music. Reed moves confidently in this universe, and all the elements are in place. So tune in, turn down, and jazz it up. Welcome to Independence Day, Tim Reed Jr. Thanks. Happy to be here. Happy to have you, man. And you are a Chicagoan. Well, well, you were once a Chicagoan. You were from Ohio originally. Yeah, yeah. Grew up in Cleveland, but uh, lived in Chicago for about nine years. And it was in Chicago that I um, really kind of started to grow and, and get to enjoy coming into the the independent and professional music scene and chicago has a great um town to do that yeah fertile but cold turf right in which to play yes so and you've been in california now for how long just over two years and what do you think i i love it it's gonna be tough to to live anywhere else actually yeah once you've uh once you've seen the palm trees yeah surf it still kind of gets me though i'm driving when we were driving up here um it's just weird to see palm trees. Everywhere. By up here, you mean from from, from Orange uh, County? From yes, from from Seal yeah. Beach is where I live, uh, which is just south of Long Beach. A lot of people in LA don't yeah. even know where Seal Beach. Well, people is. who are elsewhere, for example, will probably have some Chicago folks listening uh, tonight. It's uh, you know California. It, well, Southern California. I mean, it's all like a giant suburb. You know, right. you can drive almost all the way to Seal Beach, and it's all stuff and uh, yeah. strip malls and houses and stuff. So, but it's all kind of the same town, but it kind of isn't the same town. These are different different municipalities. We're just trying to get people geographically centered here. Yeah. So you've driven all the way to beautiful Pasadena tonight. Yes. And yeah. And hills it's of the San Gabriel Mountains. Completely uh, gorgeous. Indeed. So let's uh, let's talk to your band here. Let's introduce all these guys. So we know we've got a four-piece band in the studio tonight. They're going to be rocking out some tunes in just a little while. First on electric guitar, we have Mr. Guy James. Say hello, Guy. Hi there. And you are native to, where are you native to, Southern California? That's right. All right. Very nice. And then on the bass, we have Mr. Bobby Klein. Say hello, Bobby. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. And he's got a P-Bass. Yeah, P-Bass oh. Deluxe. P-Bass Deluxe. We, uh, we were just having a Facebook discussion, I think, earlier today that, uh, for me, the electric bass begins and ends with the Fender Precision bass. Yeah, well. So kudos, and talk into the mic when you talk. So kudos for bringing the coolest bass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> easy, right? That was easy. Yeah. And, of course, on drums, we have Mr. Mike Harvey. Say hello, Mike. Good day. Good day. And you've got quite a drum set there, man. Well, thank you. Especially for, like, a jazzy-style thing. Like, those guys are usually pretty minimalist. You've got, like, the Neil Peart set going over there. Yeah, I got this thing going uh, when I was in Kansas City. I worked out a deal with the Kansas City Drumworks, and they built them for me to my specifications. It's, uh, like, a dream come true for me, so it was good. Yeah, very, very nice. So so, ha- it. so happy to have all of you guys here. So we're going to talk about some music. We're going to talk about your new record. Uh, but first, the first thing I want to ask you about here is that you know, jazz, and I'm going to, Tim first, and anybody can kind of chime in. Jazz is not renowned as being profitable music. You know, mm-hmm. like most of the, I mean, uh, the rock musicians I know who are struggling are struggling and like living on ramen noodles. Like, what in God's name do the jazz musicians live on? So, like, is this something that concerns you in any way? Is this, is there enough crossover in what you do into the pop realm that it's not a concern? Or what's, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, uh, first of all, I, I'm, I'm inspired in jazz. Is and jazz for any 
jazz people out there. It's such a wide term. Um, you know, it could mean so many different things. But I, but I, I'm a lover of of pop music too. And 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 that's you know you mentioned Steely Dan earlier, and 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 they're able to uh, I think combine the two well. You know, they played pop music and just happened to be a little bit more um, musically intricate. So as a, a little right. <laughs> But it's it's pop music, man, uh, and uh, and so as a professional musician trying to make a living anyway, musical, you know, I, you, you teach lessons, you you do all of, um, you know, you take little side jobs, uh, and 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 I'm a singer, I'm a vocalist, so I, I love a bunch of other kinds of music that I get to perform when people are able to pay me to do it. Yeah, so. are you are you full time music these days? Uh, yes. And I also make a little bit of money doing other stuff here and there um, yeah. when my schedule allows for it. But, but yeah, I make, I make um, you know, enough to li- look at the ocean every day yeah. and uh, you know, live a pretty decent life, but I'm not, I'm not rolling in it just yet. Yeah, so tell me, you know, and other guys, I want you to chime in on this as well. We'll start with Tim and then we'll kind of go around the room. What is your like your bread and butter music gig? Is it performing? Is it writing? Is it arranging? Is it teaching? Is it? I mean, I, it's almost always a combination of those things. But like, if there's one like primary thing that that pays most of your bills, what is that? Right now, actually, it is it's playing. It's performing music either as a piano accompanist, um, which I've my my name has now gotten around in some churches in Orange County and and. Any musician know that that churches tend to pay uh, the best. They do, and so and their gear is so nice, right? <laughs> Every time I do a church gig, like I show up and like everybody's so nice. They're not throwing chairs at you, right? You know, all the gear works. There's like the, I'm an audio engineer. Like the front of house console doesn't have like a quarter inch layer of Budweiser and cigarette smoke exactly. on it. It's nice. I like doing church gigs. Yeah, yeah. So doing that and uh, and playing, starting to to play more, you know, restaurant loungy jazz type things. Which, you know, sometimes you gotta fight and scratch, but you know, you get a few of those, and and it's a, a decent little yeah chunk of change. And then what else? Like what else do you supplement? I also you, teach. You uh, I, I teach piano lessons, and uh, and that I actually really enjoy that. That's something that that um, the one on one thing is cool. I. I haven't done a whole lot of the class teaching, but I really enjoy one-on-one. And I teach all ages. I've got young kids, and, and I teach a couple of older adults. So, I mean, I've got my impression of what, like, piano lessons were, having taken them when I was a kid. I mean, are you teaching them just, like, the rudiments of, of the mechanics of, like, just starting to play Mary Had a Little Lamb? Are you teaching jazz, classical, all the way through? Like, what, what level, skill level? Well, that's what's cool about, um, I guess, being open is that, for each student, I'm able to tailor things a little bit differently. So for for kids, it, it tends to be a little bit more rudimentary. And then uh, with some adults, especially with adults, because you, you you want them to to be something that they're enjoying and, and having a good time. And so sometimes they want to just play classical music, so we go that route. And other times they want to be able to to play pop music and sing along, so we'll go towards the chord and theory route and and um, being able to dictate and play by ear and, and things like that. So it really depends on what the student wants to okay. do. Music is a beautiful thing. It is. I it's, really love it. And it's I, I, I will go so far as to say it's a blessing to make a living in it. It's like a... It's a lot of work, but it's a it's a beautiful it's just a beautiful thing. I agree. Wonderful. It is a blessing. So, how about the rest of you guys? I mean, is anyone else in here full time music? Any guy in the band? Guy? Anybody? Yeah, that's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me, what is uh, we're talking to? Uh, right. We're talking to Mike, the yeah. drummer here. Tell yeah. me what uh, what what do you do exactly? Other well, than just I've play got the a drums? studio, and I've uh, been working towards uh, getting into film and TV music. You know that type of thing. Songwriters, but. Um, it's in Santa Ana. It's not far from home. I live in Seal Beach, too. So we can run over there, and uh, there's lots of talent out there, and, and uh, it's fun doing it. That's where I met these guys. And, yeah. You know. So and you've been in this a while, then? Well, I've been here about three years. Okay. So I came out, and uh, Tim Tim came out about a year after that. So. And have you been doing music pretty much all along? Yeah, all my life. 
I had one little stint where I didn't do much music, and then when I got, you know, I was in the Army for a while, and I didn't do hardly any music then. But uh, It's always interesting to hear musicians in the Army because they seem kind of antithetical to, to oh, them. Yeah. But a lot, like John Prine was in the Army. Uh, oh, man. Like, there's a lot of musicians who... Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was in the Army. Very good. Yeah. I see we're doing our homework in here. I was a child of the draft, or I wouldn't have been in the Army. But. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Goes back a ways. They haven't yeah. drafted in a while. Yeah. Gentlemen? Well, I'm a full-time student. Um, I've always been a full-time student. Every semester I go to school, but I was doing music uh, full-time. So I've earned two certificates and hopefully a third um, after this semester will be over um, out of the music department at Orange Coast College. And other than that, you know, I have a day job, you know, working at a little market. Um, But other than that, I teach music lessons and do gigs when I can and it's pretty even sometimes the gigging is a little slower and I don't make as much money doing the gigs but um I always get a steady income from teaching which is good you know that's that's an easy way um and I enjoy doing it and I uh definitely it's a challenge for me to try and teach a seven-year-old how to do something you know when they're physically physically incapable of doing certain things so it's like sitting still yeah yeah (laughs) so I try to make it fun for them and it you know, kind of teaches me how to make things fun for myself too. I guess so. I have a uh, I have a pretty balanced uh, income of between playing music and and having to work. But obviously, I would like to do it just do music full time. You know, every day, wake up and practice and play. So that's the goal eventually. Yeah. And when you're when you when you graduate, do you have plans for what happens then? Well, I'm only at a junior college right now. Okay. So junior college, you know, is meant to be, you're supposed to transfer. So I'm trying to transfer, hopefully, up to Santa Cruz. Um, that's what I have. Dude, in, you're not going to get anything sides. done in Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope, I hope I do. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's pass the mic over. That was, uh, that was my, uh, I'm sorry, that was Guy, the, the guitar player. Now we're talking to Bobby. Bobby, what's your, what's your experience in music? Uh, well, as for um, playing it f- for a job, this is 100% hobby for me. Okay. Um, uh, Tim tries to pay me sometimes, and I just say no. <laughs> um, I'm not uh, quite the paid mus- musician, but um, I, I've I've played since, jeez, uh, I think eighth grade was when I picked up my first guitar and taught myself, and and um, and that was uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah. So what is what's your uh, how do you make your bread? How do you earn your daily bread? Um, I actually work for the YMCA. Okay. And uh, we run a. Are you the are you the guy in the cop outfit? No, the guy no, the... no. We definitely had have fun with that song. But... I'm sorry, it was a stupid joke. <laughs> I had to, man. Yeah. Well, I could tell you stories about that song, but I won't. Um, it's a family show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we we have a, a digital media arts program where we teach um, digital media arts to high school youth um, during mainly during the summer and then throughout the year. It's kind of like a drop-in uh, high school program and. We're replicating it uh, all over the state of California right now, and I'm managing the replication of that program. And so I met Tim. We're neighbors. We live in the same building. And um, I played bass, and I hadn't picked it up for a while. And, and I was at a gig with him at his wife's store, and they had the, the lead guitar, the drummer, and him, and they had no bass player. And I was like, you guys need a bass player. And so that's kind of when we talked and started playing together. Yeah. Very, very nice. So a little bit of history of the band mixed in there as well. Uh, you've got this brand new record. It just came out in March, which wasn't that terribly long ago, just last month. Right. Correct. Yeah. And how? Now, this is something you did since you arrived here in California, right, Tim? Yes. Um, so I, I want to hear a little bit out of this first, and then when I come back after the tune, we'll talk a little bit about how this came to be, how this cool. came to pass, because this is a very interesting record. Um, it's, you know, I, I know I keep referencing Steely Dan, but... That's like it's 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 easy. I feel like it's easy to kind of ape indie bands or, or or like rock simpler styles. And I don't want to say easy as an insult, but it's simpler music. Like the stuff you're doing on this record is complex, and you pulled it off very very well. Well, thanks. I dig it. That means a lot. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I dig 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 dig. So let's listen to a track from this. What the, we've heard, we've picked first here is this is the track uh, "Black Dress" from Tim Reed's record. Not much else to do. Tell me just a little bit about this before we spin it. Uh, it's a song written a long time ago about uh, a crazy night in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's probably, you know, inspired by uh, listening to a lot of Steely Dan. Uh, and, uh, and it actually got a little bit of attention on the East Coast and was played on a, a jazz radio station out in Norfolk. So, uh, 
so people think seem to think that it it fits in the jazz folk yeah. world yeah airplay is a funny thing yeah it used to be i mean it still happens but i god knows if i know how to get it so uh my name is joe armstrong you are listening to independence day you can learn everything you would ever want to know about us at indepday.com i-n-d-e-p-d-a-y tonight's guest tim reed jr this is from his new record not much else to do the track is black dress on independence day Day. And you can learn about him at timreedjr.com. JR, of course, for Junior, you wouldn't want to spell that out. Websites are so funny that way. I remember the 56 Hope Road website, a band you used to play with in Chicago. had They had a weird... Uh, RD. Like, like the, the 56 was spelled out, right? Mm, no. Was, oh, five, six. It said 5-6. It was 5-6, but then it was Hope, Hope RD. RD. Yeah. Those are friends of ours, Dave Hamilton, those those cats from Chicago. And and tell me, you know, that's, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. You did a couple years with those guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, almost two full years and that was kind of at the height of their their touring right we did a lot of playing yeah over 200 shows a year uh in those two years that's a lot of shows yeah yeah that was it was just nonstop, um living on the road yeah 
So tell me, you know, and we'll start with Tim again. We'll expand it after that. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, well, done some kind of touring of some some level. Like what? Tell me about the road from your experience. Like, you know, it's it's it changed a lot. Like, now we have iPhones. This was right before, was before iPhones? Kind of, but not really. Uh, Fundus had his BlackBerry. I remember that, but he was the That's only Greg one. Greg Fundus, the drummer. Yeah. Yes, Greg Fundus, great drummer in Chicago. Um, he plays with Fareed Hawk and, and a whole bunch of great He's a heavy. He's a heavy cat, I mean, player. Yeah. He's one yeah. of the best drummers I've played with. And, and, yeah, me too. So... Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, he he was the only one who had um, the portable stuff going on yeah. all the time, and uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, it, there's a lot of um, a lot of downtime on the road, <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, and we were playing at the level that it was just like we we had a pretty good crowd in a lot of markets, especially in the Midwest, and then and in Colorado. Um, so, so it was you know we were playing in in front of very enthusiastic people, and which is cool. Yeah, it makes it a lot. You know, <laughs> all musicians have played shows to like four people and the sound guy. Well, we would do that too, and that was kind of that was kind of the thing uh, with me that that made it a little bit hard was that um, you know the the mindset I think of the band at that time was just play, 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 and so um, and that works uh, to a certain extent, but. It also, um, it seemed like it was just an engine that, that kept turning without, you know, without um, going, you know, to yeah. that next place. It's and very I, Sisyph- Sisyphusian. Yes. Sisyphan? Sisyphusian? Yeah, I think so. Sisyphus, pushing the rock up the hill. Okay, gotcha. I'm Keeps rolling down, you push the rock up, right. the rock comes down, right. you know. Yeah. The hill the hill never ends. I mean, yeah, that's funny. Like you, you like buy into the road thing, and then the road kind of becomes your thing. You right. Know, like some bands break through that, and some bands never do. You know, and they did really, really well. They don't really play quite as nearly as much as they used to. I mean, just a few shows here and there. But right. would you say? I mean, would you would you say that the road kind of was part of why they ground back, the like ground down towards the end? Probably. Uh, the reason I was in the band is because one of the the main founding members uh, had to to take a different direction. And so, and I had just been friends with them. And so I think that was the beginning of, of what then became, um, you know, they just wanted to keep going, but then there was, I think a little bit of an identity, uh, thing, at least with me in there. And then it wasn't, didn't quite work out for me. So then I, uh, stepped out and they kept churning for a while, but, uh, I think they all decided, you know, to, to focus on other things. Yeah, more. well, just so that people have in, some idea of what we're talking about. You know, uh, this band is 56 Hope Road. They were kind of a hip, uh, like acoustic jam band kind of thing. Yeah. And they played, founded in Chicago, played all over the Midwest for several years, doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows. And they had two, like, singer-guitar players, Dave Hamilton and Steve Gouvier. And then after a while, Steve bowed out. Right. And that was kind of like having, that would be like Lennon leaving the Beatles or something like that. Because they were like one of the main yeah. guys. It was two singer-songwriters and one of them split. So then it became Dave and it was you. They were doing your songs for right. a while yeah. in the band. Yeah, we did. In fact, that, that song we just heard was a song that 56 Old Road played. Was it? Black Dress, yeah. It sounded a lot different. I bet. But it was it was fun. Another song that we, we might play uh, here, a song called Michelle, um, was another one that 56 Hope Road yeah. played. So, yeah, that was a, it was a great time, and I'm really grateful to those guys. They're great friends, and, and the music, the thing is the music was so good, and that's what was, it, to me, it could be a little bit frustrating because it's just like we're playing this great music. Where How does it, how does it become a moneymaker? You yeah. Know? And, um, and that's the the big question. Well, they were kind of earning a living, but I mean, I knew those guys all the way through that. But they were still living pretty, pretty in a Spartan fashion. Basically, yeah. I mean, the and the, yeah, the shows were funding the lifestyle, but nothing more. I think that's what it was. We we were we were paying to live the wonderful nomadic life of yeah. musicians. But at some point, you gotta you gotta do something else, you know, or not. And for me. Right. You know, I, I needed a little bit more stability. Yeah, there comes a point where you kind of have to make a choice. Like, it's really, really going to be your thing, you know, right. or you're going to finally buy a car and a nice stereo. Right. <laughs> I've, <laughs> yeah. I've joked. I, I've never had a nice stereo because oh, I spent my money on music here. How about the rest of you guys? I mean, just to, just real quick here because I want to get to playing some music pretty lot, pretty quickly here. But, I mean, touring, uh, how much have you done? I mean, yeah. what, what do you think? Well, unfortunately, I haven't I haven't been able to go on a full tour 
yet, and I'm hoping to eventually. This is Guy. We're talking to the guitar player. Yes, I, uh, you know, I, I haven't had a strong enough band. Um, I was in a band my my last year of high school, and that that I thought had the potential to do it, but laziness got the best of us. So uh, that yeah. band kind of fell apart, and then uh, up until after that, you know, that was probably four years ago that I was in that last band, and that was an all original music band. I've kind of just retired and or kind of retreated, I should say, into playing more of the music that I'm really interested in, which is blues and jazz and uh trying to find the right guys to do it with and and uh i haven't i just haven't had the uh the time or you know band to do it yet but i definitely would like to eventually so yeah mike how about you well who me mike yeah Yeah. Yeah, i've just um i've been on the road quite a bit and uh not lately uh as much but uh out with all kinds of different groups of uh, different ilks you know and What's the biggest change since the since the times of old? Well, probably uh, the internet and not needing a uh, label necessarily. See, I'm still kind of come from the. Uh, I think the label has a big, uh, big machine there that can put you out and promote you and do all that. They kind of missed the boat on the internet, but I think they're catching up. And uh, uh, you know, to have that machine behind you is definitely uh, uh, a great thing. But it also costs a lot of money. So uh, in terms of numbers, if you've got an, a label to pay back, it takes a while to do yeah. it. I've, uh, uh, I think you can make a lot more money independently with a lot less uh, overhead. You know, gross. Yeah, no overhead. So Yeah, well, that's just the, the role of these labels has changed so drastically. At one point, you know, it, people like to badmouth the labels, but they did provide structure. Oh, they some kind of, did. Maybe it was a corrupt structure, but at least it was structure. It's almost like when you go in and you say, for example, you invade a country and you take over the government. And then all of a sudden you find out that now all the problems that they had there are now your problems. You know, I've never done Same that. Same thing with I? a band. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, Bobby, you were giving, you were giving me a look before, like, uh, like you haven't done a lot of touring. Is that... You, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I would say that I've never been on tour. Um. <laughs> but, but you're willing to learn. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I hear from Tim and some of the stories that he's told me. So, um, I don't know if I want to go on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and with that, how about it we takes play? a certain uh, personality? There's, there's yeah, more good ones. there's more good times than bad times. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the stuff. You know, you you go with the, and when it's all said and done, like you go back and you're you're gonna laugh about that stuff. It's those are good stories, man. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the good war stories. Yeah, being I in really the trenches. cherish that time. I really do. All right. So how about a tune here? Is this going to be something from the new record? Yes. Yeah. We're gonna play a song called "Back to You," and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a song I wrote after. Uh, or close to leaving Chicago. Okay, so let's hear this. This is uh, Tim Reed Jr. and his band. Is, does the band have a name? Uh, no, it's uh, this is just Tim Reed Jr. and uh, and the band for now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when that changes. But yeah, it kind of has to happen organically. That's right. When, when exactly, a band yeah. name happens, just kind of. Uh, this is Bobby. I, I've actually hashtag TRJ Band on uh, Instagram. So hashtag TRJ Band. If you ever see us live and want to hash, see us. he's not on tour, but that's initiative. Exactly. No, like, that's why. Like that's that, one of man. the main reasons I'm keeping him around. We'd like to have that man. Yeah, exactly. Especially you know when it's your name on the marquee, because I've been that guy too, and it's nice to have because you know it's when you're the main guy and your name's on the marquee and you write the tunes and you set up the rehearsals and you pay for all the stuff. It's nice to have like the band be a band. Yeah. You know. So anyway, this is my name. Well, my name is Joe Armstrong. Independence Day, as always, we come to you from beautiful Pasadena, California. Tonight's guest, Tim Reed Jr. They're about to play the song "Back to You" on Independence Day. Accept all that we feel I'll 
times That is Tim Reed Jr. and his band live here on Independence Day playing the track back to you. And that's from his brand new record, Not Much Else to Do. But you've got two records, Tim, Mm -hmm. out now. This one, his most recent one, was done entirely in California, partially in California. Uh, There were parts of it recorded in Chicago. Uh, The horns for one of the tunes um, called Michelle, they were done by a friend, couple of friends in Chicago and it was recorded over there and then sent over to me here. Yeah. And then there was actually some parts of uh, another song Redefine Clean some some voices that were speaking and that and those were recorded over in England in South Shields England and uh, sent over. But yeah, mo- it was pretty much all done here in Southern California. I mean, the miracle of technology has really allowed us to do I mean, it was always possible to send tapes back and forth, but it was happening yeah. kind of at that higher level. Like now, I mean, you can shoot something on, you record something on your phone, yeah. CD quality recording on your phone, and then import it somewhere else and have that be your record. It's Technology is a beautiful thing, man. It is. Yeah, it's amazing that, that we were able to do that. So. Uh, so now, when it comes to this record, tell me... Uh, you know, this is this record is very, very Steely Dan, very Fagan-esque, you know, interesting chord changes. The melodies are, I don't want to say unorthodox, but they're unorthodox for traditional pop music. They're mm-hmm. a little more complicated. They don't just have, you know, they don't have the white keys, as they would say. It's got some other stuff mixed in there as well. Um, how does that differ from your prior record? Well, uh What's different about this one is that it's uh, is that I took a lot more time with it. So I um, and I think I'm I'm a little bit more um, I'm a little bit more developed personally. So the 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 first one called Minding My Own that was done uh, while I was actually still in the band Fifty Six Hope Road, uh, and it was uh, it was a great project to kind of allow me to to 
get some of that other stuff out and and get a little bit of time away from um, the band. Uh, and I, I used a great group of musicians in Kansas City uh, named Brother Bagman in Kansas City. They played on that record, and uh, so did Mike. And um, but it was done a little bit more, you know, like I had a week in Kansas City, and so we just had some fun playing some tunes. And then I came back a week later, uh, later in the year, and we kind of mixed it. This one, I took a, a lot longer time, and really, um, you know. But, not to keep on mentioning Celia Dan, but kind of more like they would, I guess. I, I was very yeah. meticulous about every every uh, step of the the production. Right. Well, that's that's just it, though. I mean, I mean, I'm glad you're willing to go there and talk about this because it's so very reminiscent of Steely Dan and I think that's high praise because what they do for I mean, people who just hear the songs on the radio and don't know the history of the band, they're extremely meticulous. Like, uh, like annoyingly so. Like there's right. people who won't play with that band, like right. well-known musicians who refuse to play with them because they're so like, no, no, play it again. They'll do a th- they'll do two hundred takes of the same little horn line, you know, to right. try to get it exactly right. And and to to do that, you know, at an independent level, you're you're not on a label, right? You're no. Well, I have the the huge fortune of having a a father-in-law and partner who. Um, helped uh, well i helped him build a recording studio so i i had the facility right at my fingertips right but i guess i'm saying that there's not an infrastructure of a label behind what you're doing like you're doing this kind of on your own right making well, this like steely dan as complicated jazzy pop funk music it's the it's the music i want to make right you know? yeah yeah but what i guess what i'm getting at is the music that you want to make the style of music is not the type of music that most bands just go into the studio to just make right this is very meticulous and very art it's very uh, particular about what goes where, and you know, and man, that's it's kudos to you for doing this. Thanks a lot. It's ambitious, I, but you pulled it off. That yeah, Joe, that that means a lot to me. I don't uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm just getting started here, kind of with the at this stage in my career, and so you know, I don't have a, a huge audience yet, so I'm I'm hoping people will like it, you know, but I don't I don't know yeah. if they will or not. Yeah, so I want to I want to hear about how you're going to promote this thing, but first I want to hear another tune if that's cool with you. Yeah, sounds great. All right, what's next? Uh, we're going to do the the title track uh, called "Not Much Else to Do." Okay, so as I was saying, I'm very very happy to have Tim Reed Jr. and his band here in our studio tonight. They're playing some live tracks for us in our studio, and man, you should hear that. I mean, these sound good. I mean, the live track when you try to do these kind of complex poppy vegan kind of things to pull it off live like he takes a 15 piece band on the road when he does it you guys are doing an, uh, an admirable job with your four piece well thanks very much yeah this is a, it's a brand new uh band here so we're um you know i i really love these guys and uh i think it's going well too it's really i love like a new band it's exciting it is yeah. you know because like stuff you start off with your studio version and then and then you put it in front of people and then they bring stuff to it that maybe they didn't even if they didn't plan or even if they did they do different things yeah you know and that's one of the greatest things about music is it's like a living breathing thing that isn't static you know we make it happen every time it happens agreed so tim make it happen all right let's make it happen guys all right title track to tim reed jr's uh new record not much else to do here on independence day
Jr. and his band. That was great, man. Thanks. Good guitar solo, too. Good guitar tone. There's a lot of great guitar players that have played with Steely Dan over the years, so you're feeling, uh, feeling kind of the big big shoes in this, in this t- sort of arrangement, this lineup here. So what I'd like to do, though, is, I mean, you guys are tearing it up. I'd like to, can we just go pretty much right into another tune? Sure. We've got, uh, we've got Tim Reed Jr. and his band here live in our studio here in Pasadena. Uh, they've got a brand new record out, or he's got a brand new record out. They do, because most of these guys played on this record, right? Yeah, uh, with the exception of Bobby. Yeah. Three out of four? Yeah. Very nice. Right. And uh, we're going to hear another tune from them. What is this tune? This one's called No Matter How Hard. All right. So, Tim Reed Jr., once again on Independence Day.
Tim Reed Jr. and his band here on Independence Day. That was the track, No Matter How Hard. Very nice. That is from your brand new record. Just came out last month. Not much else to do. Tell the good people where they can find this thing. You can find it in all the regular uh, outlets like iTunes and Amazon CD Baby. But uh, I also really enjoy it if you go to my website at Tim Reed. That's T-I-M-R-E-I-D-J-R.com. And uh, there's a link to Bandcamp. Um, where you can buy the physical CD and also download it there. Yeah, like there's some people who still like a, like a physical copy. You know, do you like having a physical copy? I do, yeah. Yeah, because now, I mean, so many bands, like I have bands in here, uh, they're opting not even to press records anymore. They're just doing a virtual thing. And I know that saves a lot of money, saves a lot of resources, but there's a lot of us out there that still like to hold something, man, like the tactile feel of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people do, and there are still. I mean, I. Well, I mean, then there's the whole conversation about vinyl. I mean, now people are, uh, at least in in some circles, people are real excited yeah. about vinyl. And but, we just uh, had Record Store Day just recently. Lots of. Uh, are you familiar with Record Store Day? I didn't know that it just happened. Way back on before. way back on the twentieth of April. It's uh, the third Saturday in April every year. And they do. It's a, it's a pretty big shindig. It started out, I actually interviewed two different people. I interviewed one of the guys who was the founders of Record Store Day. Uh, it's a really big deal. Like, it started off about six years ago, just a couple guys, vinyl geeks and aficionados and record store owners, independent record store owners, I should say. And then it grew right away into this international thing with hundreds of releases. So, yeah, man, vinyl's, vinyl, I think, is a bright spot in this, in this musical industry collapse. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> if there if there is a bright spot in there, uh, so tell me about you know these songs are so intricate and interesting, and you know and I want to address this to the band is to keep your answers just a little short if you would because I want to get another tune in before we run out of time, and I want to hear both perspectives here. You know when you're taking these songs to a, a band because they're so intricate, like do you chart stuff for them and then say you know this is this is what I'm going for or do you just kind of like how do you do it? Well, I'd like to actually chart it more. I'm, I am unfortunately too lazy, uh, but but that's um, or I have been in this case, and and it's uh, you know it would help everything if I did probably chart it out. But I I, I bring players who are able to um, you know with there are charts, but usually it's just you know lyrics and chords. Yeah, and, framework. And, uh, yeah, exactly, and um, and then we kind of work everything else out, and. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's so yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. <laughs> right, exactly. I, and and in my head, I would rather do. I'd rather actually have you know more specific charts. Yeah, that's a big difference in the jazz world. Like in the rock world, you know, at once upon a time you would never see a music stand on stage. That would be that was completely right. verboten. And then over time, like now, I saw Kemper Van Beethoven at the House of Blues not too long ago, and uh, David Lowry had an iPad on his mm. mic stand. You know, like now, it's it's a whole different thing. And then, of course, you know, uh, uh, what's his name uh, who dates the model? Harry Connick Jr., or married to the model. Uh, yeah, the musician who's married to the model. Right. Right? It's only a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> but his whole band has, their music stands are all electronic. They're all yeah. screens. So like this, they've got a technical director who can just like hit a switch and all the charts change. Like, I wonder yeah, how... well, I remember well, that was that was a big deal when he started doing that because that was before that, and that wasn't when ev- everybody at that point didn't yeah. have you know that. But yeah, I remember hearing that that Harry and he does all his own arrangements and that that's like big band stuff. So they actually yeah. need to read notes on a page. But uh, but yeah, he yeah, I remember hearing that they all had laptops and it was all like you know super cool and yeah. technology. 
Although, you know, it's so funny. It's, it's kind of like Google Docs in a way because I really like Google Docs, like having everything available like out there in the cloud. But then like, what happens if your battery goes dead? Right. You've got no chart, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, real quick though, from the band here, you know, what? How do you approach this kind of music? Is this different from other bands you've played in the past? And just let's just, you know, one of you jump in here. Tell me a little bit about this. Anybody? I don't think it's different uh, in many ways. I mean, the music itself is different, but it's uh, it's still coming from the same kind of place. Yeah. For me, and uh, I mean, you know, I I like uh, to have a chart there, but I like to have a loose interpretation of the chart too. You know, that way at least you've got a. Uh, You've got a roadmap, but you uh, but you don't you you hire a player because you like the way they play and let yeah. them embellish the music the way they do it, and then it gives it the personality that uh, yeah. that you're looking for. You I know? guess it was a little easier with this because so many of these cats played on the record, so it wasn't like you had to kind of teach them the stuff over again. Kind of the parts they came up with were the parts that were on the record. You, with with Mike the drummer, uh, that is the case. But Guy actually he came in and, and just recorded a couple of the tunes, and and so he he was pretty new to the material, and uh, and poor Bobby was was brand new yeah. to all of it, but. Uh, and Guy had to learn Chris Corsell guitar parts. Yeah, that last one, uh, or no, two songs ago, not much else to do. That was a Chris Corsell uh, guitar. Common friend of ours, guitar player from Chicago, and his band, The Right Now, yes. are burning up the scene in Chicago yeah. these days. And Chris is full-time music. Too. Yes. Yeah. We were just out here not too long That's ago. true. You know, we tried to get together, and a, a pox upon Chris Corsell for not contacting me and telling me he was going to be in town. Uh-oh. That bastard. Chris! It's the last time I help you out with getting the buzz out of your Telecaster. (laughs) Anyway, so, all right, how about we've got about enough time for another tune before we roll on out of here. You guys got another one in the hopper? Yeah. All right, what's this going to be? This one's called Michelle. Michelle. And this is an old tune, right? It's older, yeah. This is one that 56 Old Road would play, and, uh, you know, kind of made it a little bit different here. It's fun to do that, to take old tunes and redo them. I had a song. I recorded it on my first record. And then when the second record came around, like I had a new band in L.A. And like I, I love the way they played it so much more in Los Angeles. Like I never quite got what I was getting at. And we were this close to putting the same song on two different records back to back. But we opted to just make it kind of a B-side kind of thing, uh, which is a little added value special thing. But to this day, I like that second version better. It's funny about music how like it can elude you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, all right, (laughs) enough yammering out of me. Tim Reed Jr. and his band here on Independence Day with the track Michelle from Tim's uh, most recent record, Not Much Else to Do.
My name is Joe Armstrong. Please drop by www.indepthday.com to catch this episode. If you haven't caught it yet, it will be up there very shortly. It's Tim Reed Jr. and his band with the track Michelle from his most recent record, Not Much Else to Do. Uh, You know, I can't thank you guys enough for coming out tonight, sharing your music with us. But I I have one last question before uh, we wrap this up here. You have a hot band, man. You don't have many shows booked with this band. Are you going to do more band shows soon? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we're working on. So, so as as soon as maybe, hopefully, by the time people are are uh, moseying over to the website, they'll see uh, the next thing. We're working on a couple, um, uh, a couple of uh, great venues. I just yeah. want to find the right place for us. As of course. Well, I think you should get out and do it, man, because that's the thing. Like in L.A., I mean, I, I love the scene here. What we've got going on, we've got a very diverse scene, but we could use this kind of thing. It's kind of a breath of fresh air. Well, so, thanks. Maybe that's just the, the, the kick in the butt that I needed. So get out get out there and launch that Zephyr, man. <laughs> right. That's what we, that's what we <laughs> need. Remember, that's the name of your band. Hey, the the, the Tim Reed Jun- Jr. Zephyr. Hey. <laughs> yeah, organically, man, I told you that to like happen it, yeah. organically. So you've got, um, the, only thing, let's see, the only show you've got coming up right now, you've got a solo show. Yeah. This is at McKenna's at the Bay. That's down in Long Beach. And it's you kind of crooning, right? Yeah, doing some crooning and, and playing some some original music. But uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've been doing uh, most of since being out here is, yeah. is building the, the solo act. But definitely, uh, that's May thirtieth, and that's in Long Beach. You can learn about that on his website, Tim Reed Jr. That's T I M R E I D J R dot com. Correct. Also on the Facebook at facebook dot com slash Tim Reed Jr. Junior for Junior, of course. And let's see here. You've got a debut music video on the website as well for the title track from the record. So check out his website for that. Uh, and then you're doing some stuff at Milliken, our alma mater. Yeah. Back on the plains of central Illinois, man. I, yeah. used, to, I used to broadcast at 89.5 WJMU, Decatur's most modern music mix once upon right. a time. That's <laughs> where I got my start. So uh, so check him out there. Any Milliken folks, check him out there. So buy his record. Go to see him play. Tim, uh, Mike, Bobby. I got it. Tim, Mike, Bobby, Guy. That's right. That's everybody. Thanks for being here tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to Tim Reed and his band. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. And as always, to Valentino Rivera and Hector Lozano from Lancer Radio. Independence Day's theme music was composed by the great, great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Above all, be good to one another.